With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Deputy Editor Dave Schofield. Coming at you once again, live on a Tuesday night with my most favorite person to speak to, my big brother. How's it going, bro? Your most favorite person to speak to? Wow. Yes. I'd rather talk to you than my wife. Well, I, I, thought know, I thought you were going to say my, most, my fo- most favorite is brother to talk to, you know. Yep. You're the best brother I ever had. Yep. <laughs> so how's it going? How how you holding up? Oh, I'm tired of this. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. No, 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 no. No, you don't. Okay. We have a half an inch of snow on the ground now. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> not only am I stuck inside at home working all the time, I want to go outside and do things. There's a half an inch of snow on the ground today. Oh, that's I, funny. I'm tired of this. It needs to get warm so I can go fishing or something. So, you know. My uh my my apple blossoms were out today. <laughs> So, uh, what a difference a hundred miles makes, huh? So, yeah. uh, wow. So, I, I it's funny because I actually saw not that we're anywhere close to this. I actually saw um, it was because on Twitter, TJ Watt liked the video by his brother JJ Watt, who was in Wisconsin, and he was outside. He was wearing just like a sweatshirt. He's like, uh, people, it's snowing sideways here in Wisconsin, <laughs> and you can see the snow landing on him. But uh, I guess that's how it is in some places. It was a little bit chillier here today, but uh, it got above fifty. Here and you have a half an inch of snow, so yeah, snow, that at would... least on the ground. I haven't been able to tell since it got dark if there's any more, but that is that's ridiculous. It's it's raining here, so of course it would be snowing uh up up in the mountains. So that's that's pretty interesting. So yeah, that's kind of uh kind of disheartening a little bit, but uh although some people would say good football weather, yeah, good football weather, but uh not in April, not in April, so uh that's interesting. We got some people checking in, saying how it's uh, how it's how it's cold where they are. Uh, there's Dennis. He's coming in from California. I don't think I don't think he's dealing with snow right now. Um, Sealer fan seventy four says just no 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 snow. It's just cold there in Providence, Kentucky, and everything. And uh, I'm just happy to be back talking about Steelers. It's interesting because there's so much to be excited about. We're going to talk a little bit a little bit about draft stuff. Um, on the next show, because we will be doing uh, both shows tonight. So that's some stuff coming up with the Q&A. But we're mainly going to keep that show a lot of Q&A. We're mainly just going to ask a question of people and 
see what the live chat has to say, and then just kind of turn it over there. But for now, let's see any kind of interesting news. It, it, it's funny because the um, the Steelers signed two XL players this week. One of them was a new XFL player. XFL players? See, there you are talking too fast. Yeah, XFL players. Yeah, you said so, just XL, and I thought we no the XL. Play, well, the one of them's a, one of them's an XL player. Yeah, one of them. Would, yeah, yeah. Probably but what what's interesting XL. about that signing is it was the first one that was reported from the XFL for, by the Steelers, but yet it was the last one they announced. Um, so we didn't even. I I, I got a hold of Jeff Hartman. I said, "Do we need to do this article again?" This was two weeks ago. They announced it was going to happen. And they just now got around to making it official. He's like, now nah, we'll leave it. So um, Steelers are still doing a, a few things. The one was a, a was a wide receiver who went to Penn State. Yep. So um, who had bounced around to some practice squads. He played one game in 2018, uh, but didn't have any uh, didn't have any catches as a wide receiver. I can't remember the name right now, but I'm sure someone in the live chat will probably remind me. Um, um, it's I think it starts with a K. But, uh, but that's 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 interesting. So that that's pretty. You know, oh, Steeler fan seventy four brought up something else. Uh, I was going to ask you about this. Um, Christian McCaffrey signed a new deal, got sixteen million dollars a season over four seasons. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on him resetting the running back market? If you know what I mean. He's not. All right, we, we thought, you know, oh, well, no, let's rephrase that. <laughs> yes, we thought, but he really thought, you know, Le'Veon Bell really thought that, you know, he was a dual threat. Let's just notch that up a level and go. Yeah, Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Actually, that McCaffrey. guy might be a better receiver yeah. than running back. I mean, that. That. Yeah. Is the dual threat guy. So. Yeah, when you're putting up over a thousand yards, both, mm -hmm. then we're talking about something. Yeah, and and what's what's crazy is a couple of years ago. I mean, just think, it was not last year, not the year before, the one before that, the first deal. If I recall, the first deal with Le'Veon Bell, it that was forty-two million for three years. So that was a fourteen million dollar per season on average deal that was insulting and he didn't take it. So someone who was to me that much better than him got that much more, which when you think about it, $2 million a season, when you're talking already double digit millions is some, that, it just goes that, to show that, me, I'm glad that he did not sign that deal. Le'Veon Bell. Cause I don't think the fact that, that you know that what McCaffrey's getting paid is also taken into account adding a 17th game. Well, that's... Well, not, not for this year, but no, the, you know that but, that was taken into account. Oh, was it? Well, here's... It's interesting now because every... Every new contract now should have that verbiage in it. And that was not something I didn't hear about the McCaffrey thing, but I wasn't looking at it that closely so that's that's a really good question did they add the the verbiage they needed to add in order to account for that 17th game because if it doesn't have it in it like all other contracts signed before the new cba then you just get 
an extra paycheck of what your paycheck was for the season. But now with this, now that they know that that's coming, that's going to be part of the language that's in there. That's a good question. Something to, to look at going forward. Personally, I would rather see maybe, maybe we get a, a Steeler that signs a new deal sometime. Uh, it would be nice to see. I mean, some people want to see it. Some people don't. Uh, Bud Dupree long-term, I, would, I wouldn't mind to see that if it was less than what the salary cap numbers are. Not salary cap. What am Franchise. I saying? Franchise tag number. Okay. Um, I, most importantly, I'd love to see a new contract, contract extension for one Cameron Hayward. If that goes into play and says, you know, and I, I want to see how if anyone reports on is there anything in his contract that specifically talks about that? Especially since I would assume that right now, Cam Hayward is now the player rep for the NFLPA for the Steelers because Ramon Foster retired and he was the alternate. So I assume he kind of stepped into that role. So that's interesting. Um, I just found it interesting comparatively. Um, really glad the Steelers didn't. I know some people th thought maybe Bell was worth that much. I thought that was a little bit too much. But you also got to look at it now that that uh, the Panthers aren't massively paying a quarterback as much as they had been. I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't. Let's just say I don't think they signed Teddy Bridgewater for near what Ben Roethlisberger's counting against the cap. I can't remember exactly what he signed for. So it's kind of interesting just to kind of see how it all plays out a little bit. But uh, let's let's jump into this topic that we have for tonight because I find it very interesting. I did a series of articles uh, the end of last week and over the weekend that because I was um, given, actually it was forwarded from Jeff Hartman, but they they let us know certain, certain odds makers send us their odds for us to include in articles. And the odds that we got was I started off with the odds for TJ Watt to win defensive player of the year. Uh, he was at four to one odds tied with his brother, which I found very interesting. So they were, but they, they, I said four to one. That's one four to one. Where did that come from? 11 to one odds, 11 to one odds. Um, they were just behind um, Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa. Um, Donald was seven to one. Bosa was nine to one. And then the Watt brothers were 11 to one. But what I found really interesting is when they went into odds for a quarterback to lead the league in passing. Now, I know that doesn't equate when you say, when you take two players and you look at their odds to lead the league in passing, if one of them has better odds than the other, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have more yards than that person. They're just saying the odds of them being ahead of everybody else is better, which it, you can kind of say that, but, but kind of not. But I was really surprised not just where Ben Roethlisberger fell, but where everyone else fell. So for those of you that didn't know, I'm going to bring it up. Ben Roethlisberger right now is currently 40 to one to, to win the passing title. Now, remember he won it two years ago. The last time he played a full season, he led the league in, in passing. So 40 to one coming off of his injury, which probably has a lot to do with it. But then I looked at just the AFC North who do you think, or did you read my article? I don't know if you did or not, bro. I started to it. I did not. Because so this one was over the weekend. And I pulled it up. Yeah. But I ended up not reading it. 
the the question was who do you think had has the best chance to lead the league in passing according to the odds makers in the AFC North? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Andy Dalton. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy Dalton's not that far behind Roethlisberger. We'll talk about Andy Dalton a little bit because that's that's pretty interesting, actually. So they actually uh, had... they're probably giving it to. Oh, don't tell me, yeah, Jackson, because he's too much run. No, not only did they give it to Jackson, they have Lamar Jackson at ten to one to win the passing title. That is tied for sixth. There, there's tied no way. For sixth. They had Drew Brees at five to one, Mahomes at six to one, Rogers, Ryan, and Brady at eight to one, and then they had. And, and I thought both of these were funny. Tied at ten to one, Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott. Man, that just, just I mean, compared to like Russell Wilson at 16 to 1, you know? Well, especially when you think Dak Prescott's gonna turn the turn around and hand the ball off to Zeke Elliott so much. Well, He's yeah, not well, put up huge and, numbers. Well, and here's what's crazy is and as much as Baltimore runs the ball, they're, they're, you know. When you went know. to odds to, to win the rushing title, there was one player on the list who was not a running back. And that was Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. on the list. Okay, he so he made the list in the I think it was like thirty-seven or thirty-eight players that they had listed for that for for rushing, and he was on that list. But ten to one, to me, that's Vegas trying to get a soccer bet, yeah. trying to get someone who's saying, "Oh, he won the MVP last year. Oh, his team was the number one seed." Oh, that's a good bet. You know, 10 to 1, we'll put it on here. No way. No way. I mean, the numbers don't match up. And we'll get to that in a second. He was at 10 to 1. Baker Mayfield, they had ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. He was 33 to 1. Now, you have to understand, though, that there's more than just the quarterback going into making these odds. Absolutely. And that's why Baker Mayfield's ahead of Roethlisberger, is you look at the fact that he's got, you know, OBJ and and, and uh, Landry Landry to throw the ball to. Um, they, they look at his receivers, and that's why he gets a bump. Uh, absolutely. I, I understand that. And but that's actually same probably time. part of the reason Ben is down is because, you know, he's not throwing a ball to AB anymore. Juju yeah. had an injury-riddled bad year last year. And the um, other guys are so young, they don't want to right. bank on them. So, you know, I like I like that he that he has two good receiving alternatives at the tight end position. That's going to help um, with all that. But it just got me thinking when I compared how the odds for them to win the passing title. To me, with Ben Roethlisberger, that that is less about how many yards he's going to throw for, and is he going to be able to play, play right away and play how we used to play? That's to me, that 40 to one, that's all that's about because 
when you really, I mean, let's put these guys in order in the AFC North. Let, let's review. Let's review. Let's have a history lesson. Let's look at last year. Last year, leading the AFC North in passing was Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. 3,827 yards. Second place in the AFC North was? Probably Jackson because he played in enough games. Try Andy Dalton. Are Even though he got benched for three games. Wow. Don't remember, Jackson didn't play the last game of the season. That's but, true, but still. But, uh, he still wasn't close enough that he was going to catch him. Andy Dalton was was six yards shy of 3,500 yards. He was 3,494 yards last year. Then it was Jackson at 3,127 yards. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger in 2018 had 5,129 yards. So he had 2,002 yards more in 2018 than what Jackson, the MVP, had in 2019. Now, the reason he was MVP is because of all the other things he was doing with the running and everything else. He threw a ton of touchdowns. He just didn't have the yards. So you look at that and you think, hmm, what are they going to do? Honestly? I'm not shocked if Jackson is fourth this year. And I still don't know who's throwing it for Cincinnati because everyone thinks it's assumes it's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I don't know that Joe Burrow wants to go to Cincinnati. Wes talked about that. Wes, who's in the live chat, he, he got a special guest spot on with Brian last night. I was supposed to be on that show as well, but I told Brian I couldn't, couldn't start until my wife was off work and he started too soon. So I wasn't able to jump on. Um, so I kind of missed meeting Wes via video. That that would, but but he brought up the whole notion of he doesn't know that Joe Joe Burrow's really wants to go to Cincinnati either. What's going on there? And here's the other interesting thing about Cincinnati is still the Andy Dalton factor. Everyone's like, oh, with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's set to make. If the last I looked, I'm pretty sure that Andy Dalton is set to make 17 million dollars this season. It's his last year. Not only that. I'm pretty sure there's not dead money with it. I think it's just a flat up $17 million off and away he goes, but they haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet because of the draft and people are like, Oh, well, there's no harm in just waiting till after the draft to see if you get everything, you know, if everything lines up, maybe someone gives you a deal that's too, too good to be true. And you have to, you decide you're going to trade back out of that pick and then you can go with other things and think, you know, Dalton's Dalton's going to be all right if we get him some weapons. But the other thing that and you have to go there. Yeah. The other thing you have to go to there is so, okay. You draft, uh, you know, old Joe. Yeah. And uh, then you can't sign him. Yeah, well, and he forces his way. Yeah, he pulls the yeah, Eli. Yeah, he, he pulls the Eli. Eli man. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one of those deals. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what Wes was saying. He, he's. I'm pretty sure it was Wes that brought that up. Um, that was saying that. Not sure that it's not. That's not completely out of the picture. So, that's one thing. Yes, yeah, but it's smart. They're hold. They're holding Dalton. He's the. He. Yeah. He's. He's the insurance policy for what they have. What they want to have go on. But here's the here's the chance they're taking, okay? Let's say they decide they're just going to cut him after the draft. They moved up the date for the compensatory formula cutoff to the Monday after the draft. Yeah, he would. No one's going to sign him before that date. That means he could if he signs a contract somewhere, the Bengals aren't going to have him 
to to enter into the compensatory formula. And the I, team I that think, signs I don't him, think they, I don't think they care. Well, but not only that, the team that signs him, it's not going to hurt him. Right. So that's but just I, one I, other thing that you got to think about. Right, but I don't think Cincinnati had to weigh. What would they rather have? Would they rather have the ch- shot at that comp pick? Or do they need the insurance policy of yep. Andy Dalton right now? Which and for I them, the, big, the, the bigger, yeah, the bigger need yeah. there is that insurance policy of Andy Dalton. If they end up with nothing for him, then they'll Man. be happy because everything will have worked out the way they really wanted it to. Yeah. All right, Wes. Wes confirmed. I was right. I was like, I was giving Wes credit for stuff, and I'm like, wait a second. I don't think that was Tony that said it. I'm pretty sure it was Wes. So it's good to know that I was right. So well, I know I, you it, wouldn't give Brian credit for anything. So <laughs> Brian seemed like he was he was just trying to that was interesting watching those guys draft people. Um I, I think Brian made some crazy picks. Then then at the end, I, I said who I thought the Steelers would take that was left. And Brian accused me of trying to pick someone that uh that um Tony had drafted, but here Tony had drafted AJ Terrell. For some for a team, and I said Terrell Lewis, and Brian just assumed he was gone. Um, but anyway, that that's a whole different story. Yeah. But so so I'm not 100 percent sure that Joe Burrow is going to be the quarterback for the for the for the Bengals. I would say if I had to bet, that's who I would say. But I don't think it's set in stone until even if he is, he's, he's not going to lead the AFC North in passing. Exactly, exactly. But the question would be if that's someone that would Jackson would throw more yards for. So, which which I think right. so. Bottom line is, if you took Baker, both Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson had their most passing yards of their career last season, which makes sense because it, it was their it was their second year in in the league and they had more than the year before. Although, which was funny, Mayfield only had just over a hundred yards more last year than he did his rookie year and his rookie year, he played in three less games. Yeah. So it was a little bit down for him last year, but neither one of them's hit 4,000 yards. Jackson was like I said, not much over 3000 yards. Ben Roethlisberger has six seasons of where he's thrown over 4,000 yards. Andy Dalton has two, but what, so my thing is, you would have in order for Ben Roethlisberger to not lead the AFC North in passing yards this year, he would have to either a miss multiple games, much yeah. like last year, or or even you know he'd he'd have to he'd have to miss at least four games or more. In my opinion, I think he could even do it playing fifteen games if he if he does well in those fifteen. But the other the other option is if he's just even. Average Ben, average over his career Ben, he still has a great chance to do that. Now, leading the division in yards passing isn't the ultimate goal. That's not what the guys are shooting for, you know. So you have to remember this. Part of the reason Jackson has less numbers is because he doesn't have to put them up. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, if you were if you were to look at his passing yards over his career, which I just so happen to have up here in front of me, oh, obviously. Yeah, uh, obviously, the the year which he threw for the fewest amount of passing yards was last season when he only had three hundred and fifty. Well, duh. Okay. If you if you go that, then the next fewest was one of those seasons where he only played twelve games. He didn't even get to twenty five hundred passing yards. 
But that was 2005. What, what happened in that 2005 season? Dude, that's a long time ago. I can't remember what I ate for dinner yesterday. How, am I surprised? How about the Steelers won the Super Bowl? I <laughs> oh, see you always say that, but I... I... <laughs> I, I just give you a hard time. Yeah, I know. You're like, wait a second, 2005. Uh, no, I get I'm, confused. No, you're saying what happened in 05. Okay, first of all, what I'm trying to remember that point in time is, okay, 2005. Where was I living in 2005? Yeah, now remember, they won the Super Bowl in two, the, It was played in 2006, but it was the 2005. Season. I know that throws. That always throws. Yeah, me that out. gets. That always gets me. That always gets me. Oh, I side note. Saw a video on Twitter yesterday, made me really reminisce of sitting in your sitting in your living room, watching the Tennessee Titans come up one yard short oh. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> watching that Super Bowl together. Um, do you remember the name of the player that made the tackle? Oh, hold on. Inside linebacker. Yes. Uh, I want to say war 51. You might be right with the number. I'm not sure. Uh, I can see the number. Now I'm just trying to remember who yeah. who was it. It was uh, Mike Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. Not a not a guy you would ever think that would make that play. Name that didn't stand out. But if you saw that, you're like, oh man, why did he throw it so short? It looked for sure like he had the angle to get in there with an inside linebacker on him, and he just made a great play. Um, I, that's to me. That's that's. I, I love Ben Roethlisberger's tackle um, it, uh, against the, the Colts in the playoffs in that in that 2005 season. But to me, that's the best tackle in a Super Bowl because of, of what it meant and what happened. But anyway, that was good reminiscing. Okay, but if okay. you look at Ben Roethlisberger's yards, okay, um, the three times the Steelers made the Super Bowl was three. Well, let's just rule out last year because it doesn't count. That's three of his bottom yards for this in 2008. Now, 2010 was another year he only played 12 games, so that was also down. 12 games played uh, through for 3,200 yards. But my, my thing is, is sometimes when you're having a successful season, it doesn't always mean that you are throwing for a ton of yards. It really depends on how the games play out. How are you winning your games? You know, are, are you winning a lot of games with last second field goals like they were in 2017 right. where you can rack up some yards? So, so there's that. But I'm just saying, even if Ben comes back and has an average year, just an average Ben Roethlisberger year in 2020, he's going to throw for more yards than what Jackson threw for in 2019 as the MVP. You know, right. so I still think you go into week one next season. And you know we all we all know we're just uh, you know assuming we're going into week one next season. You look at you're another team. Let's say you're let's say you are the a sorry the NFC East who is having to play the AFC North this year. If you're if you got a couple AFC North matchups, let's say you have one in week two and week four. You're going into week one. Going into that week one game, if you're going to be scouting, look at other stuff. Which quarterback? Scares you the most through the air. Andy Dalton. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Sorry. Ben Roethlisberger. Until he comes back and shows that he's not going to play that way, teams are going to have to assume that Ben is still the man 
through the air in the AFC North. That's his title. That's who he is until he, I mean, I let's just say, I don't think these other guys are good enough to knock him off. It's going to be more about Ben than it is about the other guys. Yeah. If you, if you're a team in the NFC East and you get that week two game and you're, and you're feeling like you're weak on the back end, you're worried about having to play Roethlisberger. Now, if you're mm-hmm. talking about who you don't want to have to game plan for early on, I'm sorry. You still That's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know. it is. Um, I don't. I still don't think Baker Mayfield is instilling fear into anyone to go in starting the 2020 season. But I would say Lamar Jackson is. But it's not because of his pure deep passing game. Um, exactly. Yes, he is. He is the bigger threat, but now I'm talking about strictly from a passing standpoint. Right. It's, it's um, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger about, is the passing king of the north. Like he gets 400 yards through the air. It's still Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I I find this interesting. They they forty to one odds. Man, if the if if the gaming establishment would happen to be open across the river um, bef- between now and when the season starts, if that's still the line and I can go do that one, just go throw 20 bucks I'd, on that. I'd, I'd go put down a Jackson on that. I would definitely do that because I mean, last year I threw 20 bucks on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl at 20 to one odds. What do you know? They ended up as low as like 80 to one. I could have got at one point, um, but I just did it for fun last year. Just, just to do it. I mean, Basically, I go over, I make sure I finish up 20 bucks because I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to playing blackjack. And then I take what I win and put it on a sports game because it's fun. So uh, just kind of what I'd I do. Tempted, I'd be tempted to drop at that 20 bucks on Roethlisberger at 40 to 1. At 40 to 1, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to bring this up. I have been paying one bit of attention to the live chat. Not at all. But I did see this on the top of my screen right now as I looked at it, which was double HH that says, unless Ben falls off a chair. You know, which I or think takes a motorcycle ride without a helmet. Well, yeah. See, and that's kind of stuff that we were dealing with uh, early in the career. Yeah. But um, that's that's I think he's the passing king of the north until he can't do it anymore, because I still don't see for this year. I don't see one of those guys putting up. I don't see any of those guys putting up top Ben Roethlisberger numbers. It's not like someone else is going to come in, I see right now, and throw for 5,000 yards like Ben Roethlisberger did in 2018. Now, granted, I don't want Ben Roethlisberger having to throw for 5,000 yards, but I also don't see anyone else showing that that, that they're going to do that. No, but if one of those guys even hits 4,000 yards, you'll look at it and say, oh, my gosh, what a season they had. Yes, absolutely. I That would be a great season for, for any other quarterback in the North, 4,000 yards. I would say kudos, man. They had a good year. It'd be good for it would be good for Roethlisberger coming off an, yeah, an injury. Coming off an injury too. But it wouldn't be so, that it wouldn't be that surprising. No, that yes. Like if you had to bet money on on which quarterback in the AFC North would hit four thousand yards next year, this coming no, season, two thousand twenty. It's definitely it's definitely on bet. Yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger's not going to be four to one odds. Four to one odds. He'd be more like at one to four odds. You wouldn't even get even money on him. I think it's. I, th- I think it's that much. But you know, no, because Vegas he's got is, enough. He's yeah. got enough looking over his career to look at to say, you know, he. he we know he can do it because he's done mm-hmm. it plenty. Yeah, not, nobody else in there really has. So, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. But the other thing that also comes into play with this, I was going to at least mention this, um, is a lot of times when you're throwing for a lot of yards, you're not getting the most yards on the ground. Now let's just kind of, just to peek at it a little bit, what about the running backs from the North? Running backs from the North, you have Mark Ingram, you have Nick Chubb, you have Joe Mixon, you have James Conner. Those were the guys when they were doing the odds, those were the, those were the guys for those teams as being their main guys. If you had to put those in order of your confidence, how where would Connor fall there? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I have an idea where I would put him. Confidence that on in on, on the getting AFC, the most y- the most rushing yards, most uh, rushing are they yards? running back in the in the AFC? Oh, you made me pick. He's going to get the most running mm-hmm. yards. I still be tempted to go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that. Well, that's true. But, well, honestly, it's funny because uh, because um, when it when it came to the AFC North, when it came to leading the league and rushing, um. Jackson was on it. He was behind Connor because of course, you know, he's a, he's not a running back. So that kind of makes sense. But uh, one of those guys was in the top three. Really? One of those guys was in the top three. Oh man. He was number three with eight to one odds. And I'm, let's see anyone in the, in the, in the, a lot of people in the live chat were saying they'd have him last. Um, who, the top. I was guy? wondering if anyone thought who would be, who would be the top. Probably the top. Nixon? And Brad and Brad has it. Really, it's Chubb. Chubb, Chubb was at eight to one odds, third, third most or third highest of all running backs. Um, I don't so see it with be, the. I don't see it with those two diva wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I un, I understand, but yeah, he, that, he sure didn't have a good. I mean, year I can understand. Here. Do I think? Well. Some people might yell, yeah, oh, my gosh, I could say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind if Nick Chubb was wearing a black and gold Oh, yeah, jersey. exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Like, the guy's good. Yeah. I'm just not Nick- sure he's going to get that in. I- I'm just not sure that he's should be getting that good of odds, partly because of where, not even so much as where he plays, but, yes, he's playing in Cleveland, but also you're, I-, I just can't get over the two – the two diva wide receivers being happy if Chubb is leading the league and rushing, unless you know Cleveland's undefeated. Uh, absolutely, I I know exactly what you mean because there's just so much to go around. But I, as you were saying that, I had an, I had an idea strike me, and it also goes back to the Lamar Jackson thing. And I'm really curious what other people think about this as well. How much? does fantasy football factor into these odds? 
players are high on these on these name or people are high on these names because these players put up amazing fantasy football numbers, but it doesn't mean that they were the numbers that were good enough to lead the league in these stats. You know what I mean? Um, Because I mean, Chubb was a beast in fantasy football. Does that mean that he's going to be in a situation to get the yards to lead the league? I don't know. That's, that's tricky, but Chubb was six to one. Next, believe it or not, was Mixon at 16 to 1, and then Ingram at 18 to 1, and then Connor at 20 to 1. So they have him with the longest odds to win, but a lot of that, once again, has to go into his health. Yep. So um when I when when Lance was asking me about what the show was gonna be about tonight, and, and he said something about also how the running back comes into play. Um, he said out of those four players, he would put Connor third, a healthy James Connor third. He would put him behind Chubb and Ingram, but ahead of Mixon. I think Mixon's a great back. I think Mixon's in the in the worst situation because they don't right. have an offensive line in Cincinnati. So hey, he's uh, I think he's a good back, but he's not in a good in a good situation. Don't forget to so, jump back. You got I did see that we did have there. a super chat um from Alfred. I'm not even gonna try to, to butcher that one. Uh, last name, he th- he throws a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar. For those of you that don't know what that is, the super chat feature, you can type in something, ask a question, anything like that. Hit that dollar sign, donate any amount of money you want to the show. We put it in the tip jar, and um, we'll make sure we bring up your question. He says, "Need draft capital next year to trade up for Lawrence." People get so enamored by the guy that's going to be out in the following drafts, and I want to remind you of something. I want to remind you, I wish I could even bring up the year. There was a year in which a quarterback was possibly going to go first overall. Possibly go first overall. And he chose to go back to college. And the first overall pick, when he finished up the next year, where did he go? Third round. Yeah. Matt Barkley. Mm-hmm. He was going to be, he was a top 10 pick, possibly top five pick, maybe even first overall, decided to go back to college and ended up taking the third round the next year. Yep. Now I know Trevor Lawrence has looked great since he was a freshman and stuff, but you know what? Um, Tua was the consensus by far number one pick at this time last year for this coming draft. The question is, is he going to fall? Is he going to fall? You know, you just don't know that it's going to work out, that everyone's so convinced that that's who it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not going to be. I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's not guaranteed that he's going to be that guy next year. It's too early to be looking at next year's draft. And, and honestly, I don't like trading up for a quarterback. I don't like, because if you're going to have a young quarterback, you need to also have stuff around them. And I don't, th- I don't think the Steelers are worried about 2021. They haven't made any of their moves this year with 2000, where it looks like they are worried about 2021 and what they're going to do there. So I don't, I think the last thing on their mind right now is getting more draft capital for that year. Other than the fact that they are lined up to get at least two, if not three, comp picks, uh, which could be helpful. Did, but I'm not. Read, uh, everyone that stole quarterback, I'm not. Did I'm you not. read Tony's article? Which one about the draft about draft stuff? 
he was talking well, back to when he was a kid and you know the and when he got into the Steelers drafts and I'm trying to remember because a lot of times Tony's articles are in there or are, are, are ready to be brought up. He gets so far ahead that we, we Jeff gets behind with publishing them. And I'll I'll read them days before they come out. So sometimes I'm not always sure which one you're talking about. Oh, I'm trying to remember who he said he was he thought the Steelers were going to draft uh I think it was a running back. I think it was uh that year. I'm trying to remember the articles I was reading. But anyway, we ended up drafting a defensive end that he'd never heard of. And, you know, and he talked, yeah, you know, the guy played, but he wasn't all that great, this and that. He said, but, you know, he said, you forget that the Steelers end up doing things like, you know, the very following year, you know, they draft Carnell Lake. And, you know, and where, and you're like all excited about the guy we pick in the first round, but it's the guy we pick in the second or third round that ends up being, you know, yeah. A 13, 14 year player, eight time pro bowler, you know. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm, you know what? We're going to focus on the next show being all about draft stuff. We're going to, we have a question that we're going to start asking about the draft and we're going to turn it over to the QA. We're going to let you all ask questions. We're going to let you all make statements, all these things. So, you've got to make sure we're going to, we're going to finish this one up here and, You've got to make sure that you have your notifications ready. We'll be not even five minutes on YouTube and we'll be back in order to talk all kinds of draft stuff. I know people have been talking about it in the live chat. I wish I could go back and read it all now, but I'm going to tr just make sure we get into it with the next show. Is there anything else you want to talk about here? You want to sum up anything about the passing, rushing AFC North stuff? Or do you are you ready to, to get on and let and do some interacting with with the live chat. I would even imagine in the AFC North that that a lot of the coaches, e even that dreaded guy wearing purple down east of here, mm -hmm. would probably be the first to admit that Ben is the king until Ben is no longer the king. Yes. They I mean I, I think everyone knows it that Ben's the man until Ben, you know, it, it's kind of like in the AFC East until he chose to leave and go to the NFC. It wasn't even just the AFC East. He was the king of the AFC. Number 12 was right. He was the king of the AFC until he decided to go to Tampa. Right. So that was his, that was his title. I mean, even with another quarterback winning the Super Bowl this year, I'm sorry. TB 12 was still, was still the king, but now it's a whole different story. So, um, I didn't hey, get a question. Uh, well, here say, say, hey, uh, Alfred was asking about how yes, to make that's sure what that I was going to address. Alfred, just hang, hang out on the page for a little bit because mm -hmm. we'll just yeah. be a couple minutes and you'll see the next just live show pop right up. Go to YouTube, go to the channel. You don't even have to wait for the notification. There are people that get on the live chat because they know the show is coming and they're in the live chat before we even hit go live, which is when the, the notifications go out. So you can already be in there. If you're on the channel, just refresh the page until the new show, show shows up, which will be just a few minutes after this one ends. So I'm excited about this, uh, about the next one. I, I just have a, I have an interesting question that we're going to start off with and we're going to, going to um, open it up to the live chat then to both answer it and then go on to other things. But so I think we have a general consensus. Ben is the man. Ben until will be the not. man. Until Ben is no longer the man. Right. And it's going to be 
more about Ben and less about the other guys, at least for this year, at least for this year, until they really show that they're going to, they're, you know, no one's going into 2020 thinking that, that they're going to throw more for more yards than Roethlisberger um, in the AFC North. But like I said, Jackson's a whole different monster that he's a whole different thing to game plan around. So a lot of fun. So I want to thank you all for, for being here. Um, in the live chat, I really hope you join in on the next show. For those of you listening to this in audio platform, there's been a problem with YouTube and having the audio available for us when we normally would in the morning. They, Jeff usually had them rolling out around 4 a.m. Now it's coming like, I think he said around 11 or even noon sometimes. So you don't have to wait as long for the next show that comes out in the afternoon. So make sure if the one thing that you're doing for us more than anything is making sure you're hitting that thumbs up button on YouTube making sure you're you're giving that positive rating on the on whatever podcast form you're listening to. And another thing you could do, make sure you're checking out behindstillcurtain.com because we've got all kinds of all kinds of great crazy stuff there for you. Um and I have to say crazy because some of it is kind of crazy. Um if you've read any of Brian's and Tony's articles, um sometimes they 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 go I, I still love Tony's draft article where he traded up for five first round picks. Um and I told Jeff, I'm like, you got to run that on April Fool's Day. You, you don't have any other choice. So, but it was a lot of fun. Um, but really enjoyed this with you all and make sure you're coming back to get us. Anything else you got to say, Rich? Oh, let's go have right. some Q&A. So let's just make sure that you tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Thanks for geeking out with us.